The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. to another episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. And again, with us from the Lightning Alliance. I like that. Okay, we'll leave it like that. From the Lightning Alliance, Josh. So, how's everyone doing? Good. All right. Doing well. Nothing's really changed since yesterday. (laughs) Oh, yeah, when we talked last, except, hey, it's a different show. True. And I will say, Derek, uh, hopefully it helps Vicky out because I, I talked to Ken about it earlier. Uh, we're getting ho- hooked up with another PR group that's got some great guests for us. I'm going to start oh, yeah? trying to book uh, Richard Karn. Oh, cool. Uh, the guy who played Nom. Uh, was it Nom Nod in uh, the Christopher Reeve Superman? The tall Kryptonian uh, with the with the yeah, facial yeah. hair, yeah, him. Yeah. So oh, cool. that's just it's just a few. So then, as things come available, we'll try and get them over on uh, Geek Watch One. If uh, if you guys are taking doing interview stuff as well over Skype or whatnot, yeah, we just we just need a list of people, and I'll run it by Kyle and Dawn, see what they find. See, see, I I told the guy I try and spread the wealth amongst the podcast. My podcast family. You guys are part of my podcast family. So there we go. Um, but we're we're not talking weeby geeks. We're not talking mighty Marvel geeks. We are talking Star Wars, hence why it is Wookiee Radio. Why you heard the Star Wars main title played on Backpipes. We're the only show that does that. Um, so we are going to be discussing the second arc of Clone Wars, uh, which just wrapped uh, on Good Friday, uh, April 10th. Um, has anyone heard a name for this arc? No. Officially? I, I I've heard or like the Ahsoka arc or something like that. But the cool thing is this one, unlike the first arc, was a total standalone. This one is an actual setup for the end of the show. Yeah. Well, in this one, uh, which we'll get into, the second, second episode? See, there's a second or third episode takes place just before the Bad Batch arc occurs. How do you know that? Is there a reference somewhere that I missed? Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a reference to it, uh, and we'll get into that. Um, okay. I'm trying to. I did go back though today. As soon as I rewatched all four of these today together, and then I, um, which actually they do, they work really well if you uh, binge them together. Yeah. Watched all four of these, then I went back to their season five of Clone Wars and watched the Mandalorian, the final Mandalorian arc on from the previous run of the Clone Wars with the whole destruction of Death Watch and all the things that set up where we're at here and where we're going into. Right. Well, since you have probably wa- you said you watched all that tonight. Yeah. Okay. Well, since it's all jumbled my head now. So StarWars.com does not have the current episode up. They don't drop that until huh? Monday. The tri- you know, the episode guide for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken, I'll have you tackle it. But okay. I'm I'm going to have Josh start us off with the first episode which was titled Gone with a Trace. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I, I don't know how you guys felt, but I absolutely loved like just the whole arc altogether. And I'm sure you probably liked it more if you said you watched uh, watched the Mandalorian arcs leading up to this. I thought it was a great arc. Uh, I actually really liked the uh, two characters that it introduced, and obviously we'll get into that. So yeah, and it, it, it caused me to uh, because of this arc, it caused me to go back and watch another episode that was referenced in this. Uh, the one with Zero's escape, but we'll we'll hit that oh, later. Guess. So we'll hit that. About one too. Yeah. Well, we we just we just found out. Uh, we were talking to my brother for show, and he and his girlfriend slash wife um, are re are wa- rewatching Clone Wars to to get caught up so they could watch the new season. And um, I told them, I said, they go, yeah, we're in season two. It's like, well, as soon as you hit episode seven, that's Zoe's episode. They go, what do you mean? Season two, episode seven. Cause see now I want to double check, make sure this is right. <laughs> I do believe she is right. She's the one who came out and said seven. Yes, it is seven. That episode is called Legacy and Terror. That was the episode that was released the day she was born. So me being the Clone Wars fan I was even then, I couldn't I'm I'm at the hospital with with Melissa. You know, we had just she had just given birth to Zoe um, that morning. So here we are, 13 hours later. I have Zoe on my chest as Melissa's watching a show on her thing. I had headphones plugged in to the uh, this monitor that's on a swivel stand. That's also their computer, and I'm watching the Clone Wars on it. And I got Zoe right there on my chest watching the Clone Wars with me. Not even 13 hours old, and she never had a chance of escaping Star Wars. Uh, she she was exposed at 13 hours. And uh, so, yeah, every year on her birthday, we watch season two, episode seven uh, every year. That's become a birthday tradition for her as we will watch that. And we sit side by side and we usually pop some popcorn and have some popcorn as we're we're watching it. Since since she can't lay on my chest anymore without killing me. So, um, but now, so sorry, I took us off on a tangent. Josh, pick us up with Gone with a Trace. Absolutely. So I think it opens fantastically, and I think it's a very appropriate opening for one of uh, Star Wars probably fans' favorite character outside of the movies, Ahsoka. We join Ahsoka riding on a speeder bike over Coruscant's uh, upper levels, and she rides down into one of the ship portals that leads down into the underworld of Coruscant, where then her speeder bike begins to uh, sputter out and she starts to lose control. But before that, uh, 
she uh, bangs off one of the cruisers descending, and she knocks off the cruiser's deflector dish or radar dish, uh, very reminiscent of what we've seen in the past with the Millennium Falcon almost always losing its radar dish. Yeah. Uh, Soka, yeah. Soka later crashes onto one of the platforms. Uh, she manages to jump off and save herself and the bike before plummeting further than level 1313, which I think was the first time 1313 was mentioned in New Canon. No. I believe. No. When Ahsoka is, takes her, uh, is on the run at the end of season five, during that final arc of hers in season five, as she's trying to hide, she goes down into 1313. Do they mention it, though? I believe so. Okay. I must have missed that one. I, I remember, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I don't remember the member saying it. But she lands on a platform in 1313 on a repair pad of a mechanic who lives down there. And this is our first bump into Trace, one of the new characters that will be with us for the next couple episodes. And Trace has a repair shop and she's working on a uh, ship for herself. And we find out that um, Ahsoka and her uh, kind of team up and... Trace offers Ahsoka a place to stay and fits her bike with uh, if she if she can help. So Trace and her become close and start working and talking. And eventually they get to the subject of the Jedi where Trace says, you know, a little offhanded comment like, oh, the Jedi might not have started the war, but, you know, they're still part of it. And Ahsoka... You know, obviously just coming off of her breakup with the Jedi takes a little deep, deep pain to that comment. So she walks off and she's looking up the tunnel to the top of the Coruscant level as a ship slowly rises up. And uh, I think it's one of the original Star Wars themes that plays while she's looking up kind of to the sky of Coruscant. And I thought that moment was actually uh, pretty great. Um Later on, we're introduced to uh, Rafa Martez, Trace's sister, who is a, I wouldn't say a smuggler. What would you guys call her? She uh, Aspiring underworld type personality. <laughs> I like that. A bit of a con artist, probably. Yeah, in the show, she's described as like a gambler. She, but she's doing more gambling like with her life than she is on actually anything else. I would say she would fit the... I don't know how far you guys have gotten into Smuggler's Guidebook that we got from uh, Chronicle Books. That was, uh, it's, she kind of still fits in that scoundrel smuggler realm. But, but as we're saying, she, she's a newbie. She, well, she, she has, yeah. she's very, I'm seeing a lot of um, Lando in her. Yeah. Here, here, here's my front. With the laundromat to run my side to run my actual business out of the back. I think she reminds me, and I think like you nailed it with the Lando. She reminds me if Lando was born in New York City and had that type of attitude, that would be the uh, that would be what type of attitude she had. Yeah, I I, I think so. Hello, what have we here? <laughs> but uh, so this is when we're introduced to Rafa, and like we said, Rafa's kind of that uh, Lando type. And we discover that she kind of has a shady underworld type vibe to her. And uh, we meet her in a laundromat where she's talking to a Twi'lek about a certain client who had some droids that he needed built. So so fast forward and we're building these droids after some skepticism from Ahsoka. And they turn out to be uh, where they said they're binary load lifters and uh, 
Ahsoka says she has had some experience with them in that they're usually pre-purposed demolition droids. So Ahsoka made sure made sure to tell uh, Trace, who's helping repair them and put them together, that made sure you have the restraining bolt on them. One of them turns on and doesn't have the restraining bolt on it, and Chaos pursues, and they're forced to chase it through the... Uh, underworld of Coruscant, which leads to a very exciting chase scene where eventually Trace is able to put the restraining bolt on the droid, but uh, as she does so, the droid begins to topple over the side of a railing, and Ahsoka is left with a very difficult choice to either use the force and pull the droid and uh, Trace back up, or let them fall. So, of course, she chooses the first one and uses the force to pull them back up. And I think only a child noticed her do this. Did you guys notice anyone else see her use the force? I don't think anyone did. Yeah, I think it was just the kid. Yeah, yeah. it was just yeah. the kid. It's, it's, it's like it, it cuts away just at the last second. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So she pulls it up. They get the droids back. They get everything situated. And we now we're now at the last couple minutes of the episode. And Ahsoka's telling uh, Rafa, you know, these droids are dangerous. We can't let them. We can't sell them to whoever's buying them. They obviously have uh, and bad intentions in, in mind to use these droids. And Rafa reassures both Trace and Ahsoka, don't worry, I have it all taken care of. It's going to be okay. I'll do the right thing. And then at the end of the episode, we find out that uh, Rafa just sold them for double the price. So obviously that establishes what type of uh, character Rafa is going to be moving forward. But uh, I actually really liked Rafa as a character. I also liked Trace, but uh, I was really looking forward at this point to the next couple episodes. So, all righty. Sorry, I got deterred, but we are wrapped with Gone with the Trace. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There was some there was some really cool stuff in there though. Um watching Ahsoka trying to figure out what's going on in the world now that she doesn't have the backing of the Jedi with her. Cuz at the very beginning, uh, she has no money and she has to try to figure out okay, how am I going to fix my bike? And then the um uh what Trace keeps saying, okay, well, for a price, you can do this. For a price, you can do that. And Ahsoka has no money for a price. Things you never think of as a Jedi when the Jedi supply everything for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or when you can walk into anywhere and just say, hey, I'm a Jedi, and they give you whatever you need. <laughs> yeah, but I think if that happened on this one, she would not have gotten any help at all. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, I guess I'm going to follow up here uh, with the trivia gallery. Uh, this arc actually began production in 2012 and was originally supposed to be part of season six. Um, wow. So um, when the episodes were revisited for the final season, they would change greatly, including one major addition, the the Mart scissors, the Mart scissors. Yeah, the Mart sisters. <laughs> um, Rafa was one of the design options for Trace. But the artist, J.P. Baumet, presented to executive Dave Filoni. The look wasn't selected for Trace, but would be the basis for the finished Rafa design. Uh, the megalopolis world of Coruscant was built in layers with the most privileged citizens living in the highest levels and the lower levels becoming the dangerous slums of the criminal underlord. Uh, and I think it's funny. I, every time we see, even in the seasons one through six, whenever they go into the depths of Coruscant, it seems like that one ship that they show in this particular picture is in every sh- is, is in that you, you see it almost every time. 
probably a popular ship. It's the bus. <laughs> yeah. It's probably an affordable ship. Yeah. Um, now, as we talked about earlier, um, the March sisters live on 1313. And this was the same level where Ahsoka hid away after being falsely accused by planting a bomb at the Jedi Temple. And then Pintu Sonel is the same species as Yushin, the mining guild boss seen in Star Wars Rebels. Oh, cool. So the species is based on a bounty hunter design created by Ralph McQuarrie for Empire Strikes Back. Oh, wow. I knew it looked familiar. I knew it. I knew it had that Macquarie look. And I love how with the animated stuff, they've been adding a lot of the Macquarie looks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I did catch some of that in um, Mandalorian as well. I would love for him to continue doing some Macquarie-esque characters or looks um, in future Star Wars projects as they keep coming out. Uh, and then does the voice of Pinto sound familiar? Kind of a little I bit. I don't remember. Any, any guesses so, yeah. on who, who you think he might have been or who he's played by? I know, mm-hmm. I know, but I've already looked at the slide. <laughs> Bobby Moynihan, uh, Saturday Night Live alum and Star Wars Resistance alum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, yeah, he the Aces, didn't he? Was he hype Faison? No, Faison. No. That was Donald. That was Donald Faison. Okay. I... Th- I thought he played. See, now you're going to make me look it up. I thought he played. Uh, Niku. Is that the one? Okay. Oops. Yes, I am kind of stuck up. Maybe. Um. And then, of course, we talked about the laundromat, or Josh talked about the laundromat being the front for her uh, Rafa schemes. The interior features Star Wars versions of the machines and signage seen in real-world laundromats. Hmm. Um, And this isn't the first time Ahsoka tangled with the rogue load lifter droid. Uh, In a Star Wars Forces of Destiny episode, The Padawan Path, it features a younger uh, Ahsoka in a similar situation with the same type of droid. I think I remember watching that episode with with Zoe when she was into Forces of Destiny. And that's it for the trivia. Okay. So... Derek, why don't you hit us up next with uh, Dangerous Debt? Uh, hold on a second. No nah, problem. <laughs> Wait, what was... Yeah, is it deal or no deal? Or, yeah, deal or yeah. no deal? Deal or no deal should be next. Is yeah. it? Yeah. That's... Yeah, don't skip Howie Mandel. Yeah, because I had, I, had no, I had deal or no deal ready to go, and then you said dangerous. <laughs> uh, like, wait, what? My fault. <laughs> I, I'm confused. All right. So let's go to deal or no deal. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take... I'll take case number 37. There's only 24 cases. I'll still take 37. Case 66. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Deal, no deal. So in this one, um, 
did did we get to see her ship in the fir- in the first episode or I don't remember. No, you get to see it, Tri- but you don't see it fly. Ship. But but do you? It's in the background. Does do they talk about it in that? But do they talk about it and mention it? No, not yet. Okay, well, so yeah, she mentioned she was working on it. She didn't more of name or anything. Yeah, right, she never says his name. Right, so it uh, technically kind of got introduced in in the previous episode. But this one, the Silver Angel, um, features a little more, a little more prominently in this episode. Uh, is Trace is building has built herself an entire ship, which I gotta say is kind of impressive. It's like radar for Mash shipping home parts of a Jeep each week in the mail. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love that whole little thing. Mm. So Rafa. Trace's sister uh, comes and says she has an, let's say, an opportunity, um, and she she needs Trace's ship. She had originally said she had hired a pilot for the ship, but then they end up, of course, with Trace flying the ship, since it is, after all, Trace's ship. Now, here, here's the question. Do you actually believe that story? Does she have, does she really hire a crew and they backed out? Or do you think that was just a ruse to try and get Trace to, to go I along had, with it? Yeah, so. I had considered that. And, um, yeah, I could definitely see that being the case where, where she just made that up. Yeah, I can see her making it up, but I definitely believe that she asked someone. They were like, yeah, no, we're out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Um, so of course they take the ship to go on this, um, opportunity, which, uh, leads to a fun scene where they take off from Coruscant and they wind up going into a military lane, um, to leave the planet and, and they almost get, uh, shot down from the clone army. And uh, luckily, Anakin is on the, the ship that they pass near, and he senses Ahsoka, and he tells them to let the ship go. Otherwise, it would not have been pretty. So um, they find out that Rafa's plan is to go to Kessel and, and uh, pick up some spice to deliver and of course, we all know what kind of trouble that could lead. And uh, as well, they no, get no, to it's medicine, yes, it's medicine, right? Rafa told told them it's just medicine, which I guess technically they had said, you know, some medicine can be made out of spice. Yeah, but well, yeah, spice has many, that, many that's uses. What some military, some medicinal, some not so medicinal. Yeah. Some just quote unquote medicinal. There's many, many uses for spice. Define medicinal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Go ahead. Um, Whatever you wanted to call it, that you use for turns it. Out, yeah. Um, it turns out that who they're delivering it to, the Pikes, is, um, well, they're not really in the medicine game <laughs> exactly. So. So it's it's not likely that they're going to be making medicine or maybe a certain type of medicine. Um, and as they fly down, they see they see the workers Kessel, and at first uh, they think they're droids, Rafa and Trace, and then uh, Ahsoka points out those are not droids; they're people. More specifically, they're not people; they're slaves. 
So, I, so um, they get the spice, and they head out to the, the pikes and to deliver the spikes. And along the way, um, they get into a big argument, which ends up with uh, Trace ejecting the spice out into hyperspace. Yeah, I found that was so interesting. So then they land, and yeah. they try to... Uh, I was expecting to see the spice. I'm going to inject it. I just expected to see the, the cargo containers just get jettisoned off, n- not opened and vented out. I thought, yeah. that, I thought that was they unique. Leave, they wanted to leave no doubt that there was no way of salvaging this. Right. And nobody yeah, coming across it floating in space. <laughs> yeah, there's no um, possible so then, you know, you can pick this up again. Right. So uh, they land and they try to, you know, sweet talk their way into tricking the pikes in which Ahsoka uses a little bit of a Jedi mind trick to help convince the pikes that everything's all on the up and up. But uh, as they try to grab their payment and make their escape, uh, the pikes kind of catch on to what's going on and they capture them in a tractor beam. So there's no escape for them in this episode, at least. I honestly believed they were in your, they were going to get away for like half a second. And I was like, oh, yeah. this, is, this is to be a fun space chase or something. And then. Yeah, I thought so, too. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah that's not I, I was that was the same way. I'm like, oh, this will be interesting. And oh, right. Tractor beam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not like the kinda, from the 90s where you could try to outwork a tractor beam. Yeah. It was kind of fun seeing them try to uh, talk their way out of it, though. Yeah, it was. Did it work? No, it didn't. It was a valiant effort, though. What is the? I just had a question. I was. What is the name of the pike? I I know we've seen him in a couple episodes now. The head pike. What is his name? Uh, What is his title? Actually, have it up right here in front of me. It's uh, Marge Krim. Ah. I want to know how he reached that position. Is that was that an elected position? Was that a position that he took? Yeah, I doubt it was an elected position. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. He elected to kill the guy ahead of it on top of him, so he took that place. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just like any organized crime, there's certain ways to move up. And I think that's what makes this whole arc very interesting. And for me, what even made the solo movie itself interesting is I love the underworld and I love to explore it in the Star Wars universe. So I I love these episodes where you see glimpses of it. I mean, who doesn't love that? Definitely. Then you would love the Star Wars Smuggler's Guide that they put out. Yeah, it's in that same series as the Jedi Path, uh, Book of Sith, um, the Bounty Hunter. What is it? The Bounty Hunter's Guide, which is one I need to get as well. Uh, the, the the Stormtrooper Handbook. You know, you, you know the series I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what series you're yeah. talking about. Maybe that's maybe that's what I add next. I'm still I'm finishing up the last Thrawn book, so maybe I there you go. Well, maybe I, I add that. This, uh, this is one. If you could get the actual physical copy, that'd be the way to go. So actually, Marge Grimm may be in this. Maybe. 
There's no actual dicks in this thing. Yeah, that's the hard part. Now, um, trivia. You got everything recap-wise, Derek, before I hit the trivia? Yep. Trivia. Mm -hmm. The Silver Angel may feel feel familiar to fans of Star Wars Rebels because the cockpit was originally designed for the run on Clone Wars was repurposed to become the cockpit of the Ghost. Uh-huh. At the time, the team felt that the Silver Angels interior worked really well and would otherwise not get to be seen on a show. Little did they know. <laughs> what uh, What do you guys think of that name, the Silver Angel? I thought it was interesting. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't laughing at it as much as Ahsoka was. Yeah, I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not the best, the best name I've ever heard, but it's not bad. Hey, I wanted to give my car which Josh has seen my car. Um, I wanted to give it a Star Wars name, like a, a ship, since I'm doing that whole scoundrel smuggler thing, you know, with the show and whatnot. I wanted to name the car the Squatty Dewback. <laughs> Melissa and Zoe both said, uh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> so they named it Yoda. Because the green's almost the Yoda green. So uh, so then my question is, when you saw Mike's car, was your first line that famous line from Luke Skywalker? What a piece of junk. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what? It wasn't a bad car. It was just uh, very green. You should have called it like the Green Angel or something. We almost named it Greedo. It was almost Greedo. That would have been, I would have liked that more. If you would have said Greedo, I think you would have got a few chuckles out of me. But I, I wanted to name it, I wanted to give it a ship name. I was going to name it the be awesome if you, I was if you named name it Greedo, and then every time you started it, it backfired a little bit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know if you remember the Tsum Tsums on my dash. Mm-hmm. I had Chewy. Um, had to have Duffy. My daughter said, got to have Duffy in the car. And then the other one was Yoda. If we had gone Greedo, I would have put Greedo in the car. I still may see if I could convince them to change it to Greedo. I'll put my Greedo in the car instead. But I wanted to name it Squatty Dewback. I wanted to give it a ship name. And to me, if I, if I had a ship in the galaxy, it would be called the Squatty Dewback. <laughs> I'm just hooked on it. Um, now, we see an updated model of Ad- Admiral Yularen, uh, who appears in this episode, showing a little bit more gray hair as the war progresses, uh, which also brings him closer to his look as seen in Star Wars Rebels and A New Hope. Fun fact, that was also probably my favorite scene in the entire episode. Yeah. Um, now, the symbol of the open circle appears on the shoulders of the clone officers aboard the Republic ship. Uh, Anakin's flagship in season six, episode The Unknown, also features the same a- icon, as do many Republic ships in Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. It almost seemed like that was just the name of the fleet that was under the influence of Anakin and uh, and Obi-Wan. Yeah, that could be the logo for their um, for their wing or division or whatever they call yeah. it for their fleet. Now, Anakin is stationed above Coruscant, placing this arc before the events of the Bad Batch episodes. And this is where we see Skywalker ah, okay. during the Outer Rim sieges. Hmm. Uh, to continue, that was a nice little nod. Anakin sensing Ahsoka... And allowing her ship to pass. Seem familiar? Mm-hmm. What, from Empire? No. No, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. When Vader detects oh, right. Luke on the stolen oh, Imperial yeah. shuttle. They're using older codes. Uh, right. Let them through. Right. Yeah, let them through. I'll take care of it myself. Why was I thinking Empire? And then um, oh, Rafa mentions the, the end of Empire. Rafa mentions the goal of fortune and glory. Something another um, Lucasfilm hero has been known to speak of. Any guesses? Chewbacca. No. <laughs> we don't know that for a fact. That's true. Oh, no, no. Thank That's you. True. There was 
It's not a Star Wars reference, if that helps. Someone else is always looking for fortune and glory, or mentions fortune and glory. I don't, he was never actually looking for it. It was Harrison Ford, though. I kind of figured this was an Indiana Jones reference. It is an Indiana Jones reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, the episode also gives us a first look at the lush, unspoiled side of Kessel as its rulers and its rulers, as well as a look at the uh, Akadizi Maelstrom, which appeared in Solo Star Wars Story. And then... Uh, yeah. Awesome to, the, um, to see Kessel and the actual the Maelstrom and stuff again. Yeah. Now, the Pike yeah. bosses, Marge Krim and Fife, were originally created for the Star Wars Clone Wars, but appeared in the novel Dark Disciple and the comic book series Son of Dathomir, both of which were based on unproduced episodes of the series. Yeah, and Sons of da- Son of Dathomir was the um, the only Dark Horse comic that's actually part of the canon. Correct. Which actually, there's a, once we get to my episode, I have some stuff about that anyway, because that affects the um, last episode of this arc pretty big. Yeah. So that wraps up deal, no deal. And the banker says, eh. so I'm going to continue on with um, episode three or actually this was episode seven. But the third episode yes. of this arc called Dangerous Debt. Uh, now, the cool thing about Dangerous Debt is uh, yeah, we, we start off. Yeah, we get a little bit of Roth's story, you know, talking about how she and Trace have no love for the Jedi and why. Um, and it recounts how the parents were killed in a mission when a Jedi mission had gone wrong. And, and the Jedi offered Trace and Rafa very little comfort. Uh, and this rocks Ahsoka to the core a little bit because I think she was involved in this personally. If not, she knew what happened. She knew, yeah. Um, now, she's not strong. Even though Trace is not strong with the Force, Trace can hand her, handle herself pretty good. Brought to the Pike torture droid, which um, looks kind of familiar. Mm-hmm. Same torture droid used in Jabba's Palace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Josh, you've seen this droid as well. And you know where I'm going to go. Same torture droid that's now turning a spick at Ronter Roasters. Yes, it is, which is also very, very good. Oh, really? I, you, you did the Ronto wrap, didn't you? I had a Ronto wrap, and then what's the one with chicken, too? But I don't remember what that one's called. A, um, I don't think man, that... I'm blanking on the name of that one. I had both. They were very good. Don't do the jerky. I was actually surprised. Yeah, the, I didn't do the that. The jerky's not worth the price. Overpriced, for sure. Oh, really? No, I, I got to ask, did you do the popcorn from in there? I didn't. No. Oh, my God. The popcorn's amazing. <laughs> I just got to say that that, that's right next door. But no, um, I did the uh, Tatooine tea from in there drink wise, which I really liked. It was a nice, flavorful (laughs) tea. But as you know, I'm a tea. I'm a tea snob anyway. These guys will tell you I I am knowledgeable about tea. I'll just call you Uncle Iroh moving forward. (laughs) Um, Now, Trace pretends to faint from fear only to grab a blaster from a guard and make a quick getaway. Well, it was impressive while it lasted. Now, as yeah. as um, Trace comes back, runs by, uh, Roth is with Ahsoka because she had gotten tortured first and was pretty much unconscious. Uh, Trace runs by. Ahsoka had been keeping up, who had been keeping up with her Jedi past and force sensibility a secret, utilize this as a time to open up the cell that they're in since she's not seen anyway by uh, by Rafa doing this. So, um, but when questioned, how'd you guys get out? Oh, it must have been a glitch. 
a power outage. Power That's outage. It was a power, power outage. Out. That's right. Um, but it only happened to one cell because none of the other cells opened up. But that's okay. True. Now, they should, they should uh, open every cell on the way by. That way, in the confusion, they can get out. Yeah. Now, yeah. now when they were prior to the, um, they end up back in the cell. So uh, their attempt to escape is filled with uh, action and edge of your seat near misses. This is before the end. Uh, this is before the escapes started. Uh, but the fact is, it doesn't work out at the end. And they find themselves back in, in the cell at the end of the episode. Uh, the Pikes really are playing for keeps and the escape is going to be hard earned. It makes you wonder what else Ahsoka and the sisters can possibly do to get back home. Now, here's the cool thing. Prior to this, we see uh, three hooded figures that are kind of also cloaked mm-hmm. in like a poncho type cloak, which was pretty interesting. One is definitely you recognize from from being around before. Two you actually recognize. Well, no, the second one, no, she's never actually been on anywhere. And unless you read the credits, you have no idea who that th- second one is because they never mention her name and, they ne- and she's never actually been on the show anywhere or yeah, any of the shows. But it's the helmet that gives it away. But, Family has been. <laughs> the helmet gives it away. Yeah. We see Okatan. We see Ursa Wren, which I believe yeah. she is the one on the left in the picture when we see the three of them. And you recognize that helmet very distinctly. Mm-hmm. The third one, there's a lot of questions. Yeah, they've not given her a name at all. Um and, and why are they on Obadah? Why is Bo-Katan interested in Ahsoka? What are they planning? We will have to wait and find out. But here, here's where it gets called the trivia gallery for this. Um, the When we talked about the, the story of the, the sister's parents' death taking place during a, a prison escape, it was referencing back to the Clone Wars episode Hunt for Zero. And this is giving a unseen perspective to this. Was this the first um, the first time we saw um, Cad Bane was in that episode? I don't remember where his debut was. No, I think it was before that. I don't know. That's what I'd like to see come back in one of the shows somewhere. Derek, can you can you yeah. pull up? Can you can you see when Cad Bane's first episode appearance was? Let's see. Um, of course, we talked about uh, the torture droid is similar to eighty eight, who was seen in. Um, Return of the Jedi. Of course, we also see him at Ronto Roosters, which the one at Ronto Roosters apparently is called ADJ8. So, um, and then how cool was it that the Ithorian that Trace frees at the end of that whole when they're trying to escape? Did it look familiar? All Ithorians look the same to me. This one was modeled after the original Kenner action figure design. Cool. You mean the hammerhead design? The hammerhead design. Yes, because it didn't have any other name. It was just the hammerhead. Um, apparently, there are many other Kenner-inspired background aliens that could be spotted through this arc, which is now yeah, making me want to go back and look like, and not I pay attention to the too. front and, and look at the back end, you know, backside mm-hmm. characters. I think well, there's one in each episode is what I read. I haven't found them yet. But I only found the uh, found them in the last two episodes. I don't remember seeing them in the first two. Well, you have that throughout Clone Wars and especially Rebels. Rebels had a lot of that of the old Kenner stuff that ended up making it into Rebels. Yeah. Things like the troop transport. The first time we see we ever yep. see it anywhere in Star Wars is on Rebels, even though it's been around since like the 70s and 80s. Yeah. But the only time you've ever seen it was when you saw it in Rebels and then in Solo or um, Rogue One. Yes. Yep. So, so also, um, what you got, Derek? Uh, it says here, Cad Bane's first appearance was the episode Hostage Crisis. 
Okay. Uh, which is season one, episode 22. Ah. Okay. Hunt for Zero would be then, I wonder. Well, while you're looking that up, uh, no, the same two, the Athorian and uh, is that... Is that a Nicto or a Clatoonian that's with him there? I don't remember. Which one has the uh, spikes on the jaw? That's one. Clatoonian, isn't he? Yeah. Because Nicto is um, what Niku is on um, Resistance, I believe. Yes. So, But the two of them you see later on in the episode when they're out in the street and the Godel, um turns them in. You can see those two guys in the background look at the guards turn and run. And you can watch them running down the street away from everything. So these two guys got out and actually did get away as far as we can tell. Yeah. Uh, Hunt for Zero was season three, episode nine. Okay. So, well, well why don't we go ahead and hit the latest episode? Um. And this one has all the setup for the end of the Clone Wars. Yeah. So um, we fi- we find out that entire episode, you get nothing from it, the last episode. Because they started in the prison cell, they ended the episode back in the prison cell. So nothing <laughs> happened. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> This is the this is like the stereotypical. Um, this is a filler episode. <laughs> Lots of stuff happened, but nothing really moved anything. But yeah, you're right. This, this next one. The only said, thing I do like about it is like like you said, it literally started in prison, it ended in prison, and the only thing you get in between is that little bit of a teaser of Mandalore. Yeah. Well, you do get also you get um, the only thing really bonus out of that is you do get character development from um, Rafa a little bit. Yeah, you do. And honestly, I she's softening up a little. Yeah, she's great. I think she's a fantastic addition. I honestly hope we see her more in either a different series or books, comics, whatever, because I I love her character. Mm. So see, this would be awesome. This season would do great to set up. Uh, relaunch of the Clone Wars uh, comic title because didn't they yeah. do a comic series based on the Clone Wars series uh, at one point? It was a web series. Okay, that was ended up printed into a comic and it was done by Tom Hodges. Okay, well this would be an awesome um, place for uh, Marvel now to step in and okay, we want more Clone Wars. Let's actually write some more Clone Wars. Yeah. So, but this next one we get start back in the prison cell again uh, with the sisters and. Ahsoka still captured by the Pikes, and Ahsoka finally has a possibly has a way to get them out. And um, if it wasn't for last episode, she couldn't have actually done the whole. Um, I have a plan. Just trust me, and we will get out of here. Mm-hmm. It was what took. That's what it took last episode to set this up, so that um, Rafa um, Trace would have followed her and done what she wanted. But Rafa, the only there's no other option. We have to trust you. Is the idea right? So we get um, all of them are brought in front of Marge Krim, and he's about to kill them unless they pay him for his spice finally and um ahsoka has a plan she says okay just trust me on this and he says um let rafa and trace leave give them one day to um because i don't know where the spice is at they hit it i have no idea where they put it let them go get the spice and come back and bring it back to you i'll stay here as collateral which to which he's like well why would they even come back and so she tells the crim straight up i'll tell you where their family is knowing full well that they don't have any family right which also tells the sisters okay they're in on the plan now <laughs> so they allow this to happen and we can see when the sisters actually do leave you see Bo-Katan and her um night owls actually watching the um it leave if, and they realize wait a minute the jedi's not on there with them but when rafa and trace get off planet they end up refueling and moving on and rafa basically lets trace in on everything rafa had already picked up exactly what ahsoka was doing trace was still kind of confused 
why would Ahsoka do this? Why would she turn herself in and let us go and all these things? And Rafa said, well, that's because she's uh, sacrificing herself for us, which never happens. No one does this. And um, But she has decided she's going, they're going back to um, free Ahsoka so that Ahsoka doesn't have anything on them. She can't hold it over their heads, which not understanding yet that Ahsoka wouldn't do that anyway. That's not the way they were. She's wired. Right. But now that right. they're not with her, she can go full Jedi and get out of there anytime she wants. And which she does start to do until she get, finally gets recaptured again by the Pikes and they figure out that she is a Jedi or was a Jedi or as far as they're concerned, she still is a Jedi. Um, but while she's uh, free, before she gets caught, she actually gets some detonators out of um, storage and starts placing them all over the facility. While she is doing this, um, now earlier in the episode, you get a reference. Now, did you figure out who he was when they first mentioned it earlier? Earlier in the episode, Marge Krim and um, Fife, or Fife sit there and um, Fife asks Marge Krim, um, will this affect how he does this or something like that? They refer- reference someone above them. Did you guys get that reference and know who it was right away? I think we all hoped as soon as we heard that, we all hoped it was who we thought it was. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. That was Maul. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, later on, we do find that it is Darth Maul. He is um, somehow back in charge of his Shadow Collective, which, remember, last time we saw him in Season 5, he had been captured by um, Darth Sidious. Now, if you've read Darth Maul's Son of Dathomir, that Darth Horse comic, that actually t- tells the story of how he got free and um, took control of the Shadow Collective again. So you got to kind of go back. Um, it's available everywhere. It's on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, actually, I just I have not read it yet, so I downloaded it just now from um, Kindle. And Unli- you can actually get it from um, Amazon Kindle under Prime Reads for free. So you don't even have to have Kindle Unlimited. You can just re- download it from Amazon Kindle if you have Prime. So I'll be reading oh, that cool. sometime in the next day or two. Yeah, I have. Yeah, it. that's good to know. I have it on my Dark Horse uh, yeah. comics app. Mm-hmm. I thought I had it, but I guess I didn't. I looked on all the different apps and stuff. But like I said, Amazon, you can borrow it for free if you have Prime. So Prime is uh, Prime reading is much smaller than um, if you have Kindle Unlimited. But it's just like the difference between Amazon Music and Amazon Music Unlimited. So, But we see Darth Maul is back in charge of Shadow Collective. And he does mention that if the Pikes can't get their stuff together... Well, maybe Crimson Dawn would t- would enjoy taking over. Oh, yeah. Nice reference back to uh, mm-hmm. Crimson Dawn. Exactly. Well, and then um, finally Ahsoka, after um, the call is over, she falls back, traces the call back, and finds out he's back on Mandalore, which dun, 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 takes us back next episode to the Siege of Mandalore. Yeah. But Krim and his guards do finally catch Ahsoka. They're ready to, um, and uh, that's where we leave them for a second. Then we get to Rafa and um, Trace, and they've gone to another um, planet to actually steal some spice. And this is where Rafa really comes into her own, and uh, as long as Trace keeps her mouth shut, Rafa is trying to bluff, and it's working. She actually goes in and tells them, hey, we're here to pick up spice what do you mean i'm not on the register and they bluff their way through they get all the way up to where the um the manager now did you guys recognize the aliens that were on the platform yeah they they looked familiar to um the one pod racer Ben Quadraneros. Yes. I guess Dave Loney for years has been trying to figure out a way to use that species somewhere. Oh, he found a, found a use and for it. He got it into here, which is great because these are little guys you can push around and stuff and you, you can bully them all you want. And then um, so they're getting ready to put the spice on. And they, the one, um, the foreman on the dock keeps saying, well, my manager says this isn't right. My manager says this isn't right. And Rafa's telling him, well, I don't see a manager here. You're the only one here. You just don't want to do this. And then, then she turns around. His manager has shown 
shown up and it's not a little dude. This is the Trandoshan. Big difference. Yeah. So, but the girls do end up fighting their way out. They get the spice and they take off. Um, then we get back to um to the Pike's um main room or whatever. They're getting ready to actually um execute Ahsoka because she's a Jedi in their ranks. When the girls show up and say, hey, we have your spice. You don't have to execute her anymore. To which they're going to do it anyway. So, um, Sure, why not? Exactly. Since at this point, um, Krim thinks they're all working for the Republic. <laughs> so um, as they're getting ready to... Uh, and then at this point also, he's also told them that um, Ahsoka is a Jedi, which totally blows them out of the water. They, the girls had no idea. So... Uh, but also that's about the time that the timers on all those detonators go off conveniently. Yeah. And start the whole pilot starts exploding, which allows the, everybody to finally escape. They get into the ship and take off. Of course they have the, um, they have a pursuit with all the patrol craft, but now that you know, they know they have a Jedi, she can actually use her own skill, her real skills and shoot them down with a cannon from the ship. So <laughs> once they sh- shoot down all the pursuers and take off, then you see something following behind them. Looks very familiar. Like maybe uh, um, now here it says it's a gauntlet fighter, but I always called it a blade blade fighter. It's the uh, Mandalorian fighter, which those things are awesome. I like I said, I just got done watching that Mandalorian arc, and they were all over the place. There's three or four of them. They they carry troops. They do everything for them. Right. But we do get back to Trace's repair shop, and um, Trace and Rafa have decided that hey, if Ahsoka's willing to stay, she can have a place with them anytime she wants. They they may not like Jedi in general, but Ahsoka's a little different. And um, Rafa tells us. Ahsoka straight up that um, this is obviously not the work or the um, the place for Ahsoka to be because she's too, she is too much a Jedi or at least she acts how the Jedi are supposed to be. What you envision when you hear Jedi, that's what they see Ahsoka as. They idealize this is what the entire anything you've ever heard of the legends of the Jedi. This is what they see with Ahsoka, which Ahsoka, remember, left the order because she wasn't seeing that in the Masters and in the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. They weren't living up to the ideals of what she was raised with. So, um, but at that same time, these Mandalorians walk in and you see uh, Bo-Katan comes out and um, of course Ahsoka is about to attack her because remember, last time Ahsoka met Bo-Katan, they were enemies. And Ahsoka was not on um, Mandalore when they had the whole um, coup. And Duchess Sheen was killed and all this. Right. So she, as far as we know, she didn't know anything about Death Watch being gone or anything else. So, But Satine tells her straight up, hey, Death Watch is dead, but we have a common enemy. Now, Ahsoka was already going to go to Mandalore, we assume, because she knows that's where Maul was. And she knows Maul needs to be stopped no matter what he's doing. It doesn't matter where, when, or anything else. So, um, but Bo-Katan just happens to have the same enemy. So Ahsoka leaves with the Mandalorians, and it looks like we're, um, but before she does, she does talk, or tells Trace and Rafa, or asks them, hey, mind if I leave my bike here, just in case? Meaning that at some point, she's planning on coming back to see them again. They're, they're, this is not the last time they're planning on seeing her. So and that's the end of that episode, which leads us right into next week's episode, which is called, give me a minute, it's right here. It's called, give me a minute, it's right here? Yeah. Sounds oh, it's weird. not even <laughs> on there. Okay. Aha. Old Friends Not Forgotten is the name of the next episode. We know it is the first episode of the four-part Siege of Mandalore. Is this when we see uh, Ahsoka get, being given 
doing her own group of clones again, and they they do everything in her armor. That's what I'm assuming, and I think From the name actually pretty safe uh, to assume. Yeah, I would say that that may actually be um, Rex in the Five Hundred First. Yeah, yeah. But as soon oh, as you yeah. said the title, that's where my mind went. Yeah. Which this would then explain um, why we have no reference of Rex or this particular group of the Five Hundred First with uh, with Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, because who who because the the clone trooper that he reports to with the 501st in Revenge of the Sith is uh Captain is it Captain or Commander Oppo? I don't remember. I, but yeah, yeah if, I don't. Um if this is a smaller squad of a division of the 501st cuz the 501st is the legion, it's the ju- it's the full division. So the in Rex's section is just a smaller patrol unit or something possibly. Uh, this may also I'm hoping these four episodes help tell how Rex was able to beat Order 66. Well, think on a technicality, he may have been Order 66 may have been activated in him, but technically, Ahsoka's not a Jedi. Exactly. So that whole squadron not have flipped the same way because Ahsoka not being a Jedi. Yeah, but Rex already had the chip disabled. Remember, that happened shortly after... the whole episode with fives in in season in the lost oh, missions. Six? Yeah, yeah. See, I still got to go back and rewatch that. And I looked up some of the ones on Rebels. I'm gonna look. At, I'm gonna read. I wanna. Um, well, the stuff from Rebels I don't. You don't need before this last arc. But um, that one with fives and all of them, I should re rewatch just any with all the other stuff that's out there. Now, but, um, mm-hmm. according to Wikipedia, Oppo uh, originally was. You know, he was seen. In the Clone Wars series during the uh, Pong Krell um, episodes when he was Sergeant Oppo. Okay. Um, during the da- during the Battle of Umbara, um, command of the 501st was temporarily transferred to Pong Krell as a result of Skywalker returning to Corsican. Um Sergeant Oppo witnessed firsthand Krell's willingness to sacrifice his troops, but nonetheless faithfully executed the general's orders. Um, in the final days of the war, Palpatine had put Order 66 into effect, declaring all Jedi were enemies of the Republic. As a result, Commander Oppo accompanied the Sith Lord Darth Vader as the 501st marched into the Jedi Temple um, to you know, be a, as part of the systematic purge. Okay. So uh, I'm not sure at what point he uh, went. Right, not there. Right. Um, so I'm not sure at what point he became uh, commander. So, but here's an interesting tidbit. Oppo is a nod to the character Oppa from Avatar: The Last Airbender. That's the first thing I thought when you said Oppo. Which, mm-hmm. which was a show that Dave Filoni had previously worked on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't think he was supervising director, but he was one of the directors working on it. I think. Yeah. And writers. That was, I think, the last thing he did before um, Lucas hired him. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, this whole episode was basically this last episode or this whole arc sets up the final arc straight up. And it does say here straight up the Bad Batch arc is chronologically right after this. Right. So this uh, for the, the Mandalorian episodes are going to come in right behind the Bad Batch arc, which I kind of like the way they did it this way, though, because this one feels like it drops right into the next one, even though the event and actually the Bad Batch event episodes may be happening at the same time as this one after because. Um, that Anakin may have been on that Star Destroyer to head out to the Outer Rim, which happens. So that could be happening at the same time. It just happens that obviously with watching episodes, you got to watch them in a certain order. Mm -hmm. You can't watch both at the same time or you can, but it's a little more difficult. Yeah. So, um, final thoughts on this season. 
or that season this arc. arc i think it works really well especially um with the, i mean uh, that stuff with the sisters and things like that were awesome to see all that stuff but for me i'm more excited with the thing with the different um the darth maul can this last episode was for me the best one out of all of them because the stuff darth maul seeing him and seeing that he's working with the underworld again and stuff is gets me more excited and all the things with knowing what's coming up with the Mandalorians. Yeah, yeah, absolutely the same. I think as soon yeah. as I saw the Mandalorians and Dangerous Debt, I was so excited and couldn't, did not want to wait another week to see the last episode to see it mm-hmm. together again because I was so looking forward to just, because as soon as you saw the Mandalorians, you were like, okay, they're going to tie this arc into the next arc. And I yeah. was so excited to see that. Yeah, I, I was as well. I was as well. Mm. So um, final thoughts before we wrap this up. Um, well, I think things are just going to keep getting better from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you, anybody who wants to go back and double check or watch the setup for this final um, four episodes, it's episode or it's season five, the three episodes before uh, the final Ahsoka arc. It was the basically the story arc before the four-ish episode finale. I don't remember exactly the episode ones. I think it was like 15, 16, 17 or something like that. Or 14, 15, 16. Yeah, something like that. Is the um is the Mandalorian arc that sets up where we're where we're going to in the next four. Yeah. So and also obviously the Darth Maul Son of Dathomir comic book, which is easy to get through. It's only four issues. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's actually something I have not read yet, and it's on my to-do list, which I should be able to get to since I'm not up to much nowadays, but uh, all I've heard is good things about it, and I'm sure all of you have read it, correct? Yes. Uh, I've not read it through yet. I'm, I will be reading it in the next couple days. <laughs> like I said, I found it free on Amazon Prime, so. Yeah, as soon as you said that, I was like, I'm I'm in on that. Yeah, I, I'm excited. You know, I need to go back and reread it again, because um, it's definitely worth the read. Another yeah. one, if it's interested, um, this is uh, kind of separate, but it's still on comic books. Right now, Comixology, if you've ne- if you've not had it within the last year, Comixology Unlimited has a sixty day free trial. Yeah, there's a lot of DC and Marvel on there, but a lot of a lot of your other stuff is free on there. Your um, Dark Horse and IDW and everything else is available for free. A lot of manga also, but there's a lot of Star, Star Wars comics on there. But sixty yep. day free trial. Yep, good deal. Very good deal. So, yeah, everybody's jumping in on it because of everybody stuck at home. They want you to try all your digital stuff that you, they can that they can get you to see because they hope you'll get hooked on it. So that even when everybody goes back to work, you can still take your digital comics with you. Right. See, that that's one of the things that I've liked about um, Marvel. I mean, I pick up my Marvel books, my Marvel Star Wars, but every one of my Star Wars comics that I have gotten, the digital code, I have redeemed, and they're all on my iPad. Yeah. And I reread them all the time. And then with Marvel Unlimited, I am constantly rereading some of the older stuff. And on Marvel Unlimited, they have um, the Dark Horse titles as well. Yeah, I've been doing that a lot with DC on DC Universe, reading a lot of the older stuff that I never got a chance to read or that happened. I read a lot in the early and mid 90s that I didn't read anything until about five years ago. Yeah, there's a lot of big stuff that happened in that 20 year span or 15 year or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And a lot of stuff before I started reading that happened, so. And I think DC Universe also has, I don't think it's a 60-day, because I, I just did it. I'm pretty sure it's a week. You have a yeah, week-free trial. Yeah. 
I've been do- I just DC, started that. Yeah, the, well, the bonus of DC Universe over Marvel Unlimited for me is Marvel Unlimited. It's what six bucks a month, I think. Also, yeah, uh, it, but you like get that. all the video content with DC. You get all the um, TV and movies and all that stuff. Yeah, now Marvel's just comic books. Now, with the with the comics on DC, do you get um, uh, what you call it? Does it do guided view with the books? Yeah, it works Sweet. just like I think. I think what it is is everybody's uh, comicsology was one of the big ones that hit first, and everybody's just um, you use the same setup and just put their own because for a long time dc and marvel both had their own comics um apps and it was just um comiXology with a dc overlay or with a marvel overlay and that's basically what they've done with this they figured out how to do that just like almost all of your e-reader programs kindle um google play all of them basically are the exact same because people just have a certain way they do it so that everybody just does it the same way Right. So you can either do page view or guided view. Um, DC Universe, if you do it on your like your TV, you can set it to automatically on a timer move its way through almost the way you would do a um, a, um oh what are they, a motion comic almost. Okay. So, but that's kind of cool too. You can actually take your comic books and read them on your big screen TV. Very cool. Very cool. So I mean that's not Star Wars, but <laughs> no, but it's but like Comicology and Marvel Unlimited, and if you happen to have gotten them back during. During um, Dark Horse days, which is how I've got a lot of the Dark Horse titles, because there are still some that aren't over on Marvel Unlimited. Um, those are great sources to read the books. Yeah. So uh, go check it out. I just started looking around, though, um, at Roll20 and a couple of other places to see if I can find anywhere that's playing the old West End game, Star Wars role playing game. I'd love to get into a game of that. Yeah, that, that could be fun. Yeah. If I knew what I was doing, I could almost try to run a game for us and we could be some bonus content we'll put up on YouTube or something. That could be interesting. Uh, that's uh, something for possibly the future. See if we have a – hey, if you guys – everybody listening out there, all the other smugglers, we can put it out there. Are you a DM that runs the old West End Star Wars or even the new um, Star Wars role-playing games? Reach out to us and see – maybe we'll put something together like one afternoon or something. Yeah. Mike, you wanted to put a bu- some YouTube content up. We, we could do or that. we could do a straight audio. We have the tech to do that. Well, hey, with, with if we did it over Zoom, uh, the account I have, we could do Zoom up to uh, 40 minutes for okay. free. I, I think 40 minutes per session. Yeah. So, so And there's all kinds of platforms that do um, – you can do, play your st- straight paper and pencil role-playing games online. Yeah. So, like I said, if you're a DM out there that, or a GM that actually plays one of the Star Wars role-playing games, reach out to us. Yeah. If you got to do it online. I, I would I would love to to play. It'd be fun. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to. I just never never did. Yeah, I'm partial. Like I said, the old D6 Star Wars because that was just a blast and it was simple. And you don't have to buy any special dice. The the newer Star Wars games, you have to buy the dice from um, Fantasy Flight. Fantasy Flight learned a long time ago that if you use specific dice, people have to buy your dice. <laughs> Yeah. So, but we're getting way off in the weeds now. I think it's about time to give it a call. Yeah. Final thoughts. Loved it. Yeah. It was looking forward stuff. to the new ones. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to the new ones as much because we know I know that's all there is. Mm-hmm. There is yeah. no more. Yeah. Well, on that note, I'm going to say um, actually, I want to give kudos to to the organization Josh works for, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I read that the St. Patrick's Day jerseys that were supposed to be worn during uh, pregame warmups are going to be given out to uh, select first responders and medical staff. From what I read online, I, I don't know. So I don't know how they're choosing the people who are going to get them, but I think that I think that's great. They're the ones who deserve it instead of them going up to an auction. Put it to the people there in the front lines. They're dealing with this right now. So kudos, kudos to the 
lightning for that. So, um, and then on that note, I guess there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. Placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, it's my programming.